Welcome back, baby, after uh, seven wonderful days in Mexico. And I hope you guys noticed that I brought warmer temperatures back with me. Heidi Glaus here with Josh Gilbert, Connor over on the board. No, I'm not under the weather. It was four fantastic days of music. And when Annie Lennox came out as a surprise guest and... Started singing "Walking on Broken Glass." I just i I couldn't contain the screams. Screamed the whole way through. You didn't hear a word of it. I, I heard all <laughs> of it. I have a little bit of it on video, but it's just such a uh, fantastic week of just kind of this bubble where everybody is so kind. And the music is so fantastic. It's called Brandy Carlisle's "Girls Just Wanna." It's the fifth year they've done it, but. Sarah McLaughlin and Kate, she was, yeah. Sarah McLaughlin was there. Uh, Brandy Carlisle, Katie Tunstall. Nobody knew who the special guest was going to be until you got there for the merch and the posters came out and it Annie said Lennox. Annie Lennox, which that was crazy. And she hasn't performed in nine years. Why? She just she's sixty nine years old and doesn't have to anymore. Keith Richards is still performing yeah. like a hundred shows a year. Uh, Mary Chapin Carpenter, Brandy Clark, who we had on the show. Um, and then one of the kind of, I would say two surprise things. And I'm going to tell you right now, whether you know her or not, Janelle Monet blew everyone away. You might know her better for her acting. She was in Moonlight she was in Hidden Figures. She was in. She was in Knives, Knives Out. Out Glass the Onion. most, I mean, super talented. Grew up in Kansas City. Wrote her own musical when she was twelve years old. But she just the dancers and the costume changes and the fantastic uh, show she put on. And then they do a eighties night. Wendy and Lisa from Prince and the Revolution. Do you remember them? They were part of the original revolution. Like they played on Purple Rain and When Doves Cry and all of that. They were there. So it was just fantastic. And I did uh, gain some points with my niece, who you guys know by now plays soccer. So Glennon Doyle, we... Can do hard things. Untamed. She wrote that um, book. Her daughter was one on, on one of the side stages. Anyway, her partner is Abby Wambach, and they were standing. You know, one of the best female soccer players of all time, and she was standing about, I'd say, three rows in he- ahead of us. And so, I decided, you know what, this doesn't. It's not going to hurt me, even if she says no. So I went up right between the concerts, and I'm like, hey, hate to bother you, but could you just say a little something to my niece? And she goes, yeah, hand me your phone. (gasps) What's her name? Claire. But she did it, and it was cool. So it was just a uh, fantastic couple of, you know, days, and I'm happy to be back here. What I miss? Uh, well, I've said this three times in the last hour, uh, but you had Heidi comes into the office. She's like, I'm back. Mm-hmm. I'm back. Lost my voice. What did I miss? And I said, two ice storms <laughs> is what you missed while you were gone. It has been sub zero 
temperatures. Mm. Last night I went to go take the trash out. It was the first time in two weeks that there wasn't snow on the ground. Oh, I am sorry that I... I mean, you you picked Julie popped in as she was leaving, and she said, "Boy, Heidi, you really did pick the best week to go to Mexico." Mm. And I'm gonna have to echo that because, man, the weather's just been crummy. Yeah, but it's you know she comes home and it's it the fog. So you it's brought the, the fog. fog. Yeah, yeah, but it's what forty. Eight degrees. I th- what I think is happening, and we'll talk to Dr. Johar about this. The weather changes. You know, it's freezing cold, but now it's fifty degrees outside. Now I think I'm coming down with something. Do you? Well, I just got over something, so I better not be. I hope not. Yeah, but, that's kind of crazy. It's. Do we know what's going on with that awful situation downtown at the Drury? Is that woman still being? Held hostage. Held hostage. Yeah, I woke up to that this morning, and that's just frightening as far as that goes. You know, I've been in this little bubble of no news and trying to catch up on everything. But we'll do that with you guys. As you mentioned, Josh, Dr. Ravi Johar is going to join us. And we've got a couple of things to talk to him about because a lot of people jump on that dry January bandwagon. Uh, I was on vacation. I did not. Yeah, it was a very wet January uh-huh. for you. But – uh does it really give you health benefits to just kind of say, you know what, I'm not going to have a drink for the month? Does it? I've always read that it's really good for your skin. I don't know, but we'll talk to him about that. Well, also, you just felt like you were coming down with something, and I feel like everybody has had something, whether it's that lagging cough that just keeps going on or that. Anyway, like, what do you need to change out? Do you need to change your toothbrush immediately if like, you've had a cold? If I had... COVID, which I did a couple weeks ago, Mm -hmm. should I have thrown my toothbrush away? Right. What about my chapstick? Mm -hmm. What about my, how long? I didn't really think about the chapstick. Does the germs sit on these products? And, you know, somebody said, oh, when COVID hits the air, it dies. I don't, is that true? true? Uh, Well, the other thing that I saw, and this was on social media, so take it with a grain of salt, but it's like a dermatologist talking about all the stuff that's in whether you dry your face with a hand towel or a wash rag or I, my mom gave us some of those like really soft kind of face washing towels a, a while back. But all the germs that are in that, that you're just kind of rubbing around your face again and then it's not necessarily good for your skin. So we got a lot of questions for Dr. Johar. And then, I can't believe I'm even saying this, but uh, we are so close to Valentine's Day. Kind of sneaks up on you because we're just dreading, I think, for a while, January, just trying to get through it. But you want to give something that people are going to remember. And we have a woman who has created just that. We'll talk to the founder of Saddleback Chocolates coming up here at about 10 minutes before 4. And you, your birthday is like the ultimate close to Christmas. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's so close to Christmas that it doesn't count, Heidi Bourne. On Christmas Eve. Christmas is on the 25th of December. My wife's birthday is on Groundhog's Day. And then two weeks after that is Valentine's Day. How do you get someone something for each, (laughs) you know, Christmas, birthday, Valentine's Day? It's like boom, boom, boom. Yours is like, you know, you just get it all at once. Mm Mm-hmm. But when it's spaced out like that, I'm, you know, I'm in trouble. 
See, I think it's better that way because you can kind of be creative and you can maybe you do chocolates for this and you do like a little piece of jewelry for that. And well, then... it'd be great if she, you know, had something in the summer, Yeah. you know, <laughs> or maybe had a leap year birthday where I only had to get her something once every four years. Oh. It's not about the giving the gift. It's the finding something. Yeah. You know, if money was no object, I think I'd be great at gift giving. Mm-hmm. But it happens to be a pretty big object, you know, <laughs> a pretty crucial It gets object. in the way a bit. <laughs> so would you actually do the once every four year? No. Oh, God, no. With someone? Not if he wants to stay married. And there's or a, anyone, you know, right? Right. Well, uh, Luis Noya here at the station said, hey, I've got a, a random for you. And I guess I never realized this. We got a leap year coming up. Mm-hmm. And it's every four years, and we have an election in November, presidential election, pretty big one, which is every four years. I guess I never put two and two together that every time we elect a president, it's in a leap year. I don't think I did either. Except never. for 2000, because that was, was a, you, they skip it. They skip a leap year? It's like year every, every, every thousand years, you skip a leap year. Is that right? And that was 2000. Yeah. Huh. Okay, well, I'm going to say. Here's something that I just realized, and you guys are going to say this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. No, no, Heidi. I've said much dumber. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> this happened before I left, and I was mixing up some tuna fish. That was going to be my snack. This is, this is your pre-beach mm-hmm. diet. Trying to get yeah. some sort of body that could slip into a swimsuit. I told you that when you came. We got Detroit-style pizza <clears throat> from Jets. Uh, to celebrate the Detroit Lions finally making it to an mm-hmm. NFC championship game. Uh, I told Connor this, and I was like, let's get pizza. And then you come in, and I say, now that you're back from vacation, yeah, it's a free-for-all. Dig in. You did not eat, eat the pizza. No, because now we got Memorial Day. I mean, it's just one more thing. What? Memorial Day? I just saw something. You can't have that summer body if you don't start in the winter. It's one day. You just got back from vacation. Yeah, but it was vacation, and you're... Yeah. You know, it's a free-for-all. And anyway, before we left. you're eating your tuna. And I'm mixing up just a little bit of relish with it. Okay? I like relish. Here was my... Revelation? Yes. In my entire life, 50 years... You didn't know. ...that there was dill relish. I thought it was always sweet. All sweet. I had never seen it before. I had never had it before, hmm. and I'm now in love with dill relish. We just—it's not something that was ever uh, in our house. Well, because dill pickles are so much better than sweet pickles. I think so too, but yeah. I just did not know that they made a dill version of relish. I don't know if I realized this. I, I don't know if I've ever had a dill relish. Thank I, you, Connor. Yeah. I thought relish was relish was relish. I did, too. How did you find this out? Because I guess Marsha bought the dill relish. She bought the wrong one. <laughs> and so when I went to grab it, and I, I'm like, what? Did you like it? I love it. You did? I'll probably never go back to sweet relish. Whoa. But Convert. Am I alone here? Uh, I think as far as everyone in the studio is concerned, you're you're three for three. Okay, you, so you stumped us all. Does this mean that this is relatively new, or it's oh, been I around forever? I can't imagine it's new. I feel like 
we just never really made the distinction yeah, between the two. Attention. Paid attention. Anyway, uh, you got a couple of people saying that uh, you should get a, a piece of jewelry with your son's birthstone. Oh, I, I saw that on the Woods Basement Systems text line. Yeah. Thank you. Other people are saying get pajama grams and edible arrangements. Please keep sending your gift <laughs> ideas, please. Uh, but I've done the – it's a little – a little gold bar, and it says Finn on it, Ooh, and it's like got that. his birthstone. And it's simple. Mm, I already did it. I already did it. Okay, that's good. Could I do it again? Maybe. No? Well, <laughs> maybe I mean, if, it, can, you re- in, can you repeat gifts? I'll get maybe. it in silver this time. You know, maybe a ring or a bracelet. Dill relish with tuna fish delicious. Not new. Uh, our friend Susan, what a great observation about the elections and leap year. Uh, Heidi, my son, put me onto dill relish. It's great. Somebody said, I never knew that pimentos were made from red peppers. We've brought this up before because I think I told you that when you're a little kid, your parents or someone will tell you something and they probably think that they're just joking. But I thought this well into my 20s. I thought pimentos were fish eyes. Did anyone ever? Did anyone ever get told that when did they were a kid? Did someone tell you that? Was that Some, so- yes? Someone told me that when I was a little kid. Like you thought maybe it was the uh, what's on top of t- um, sushi? The, oh, the row. Yeah, the fish eggs. So did you think it was that? No, I know. I, I thought it was fish, and then like I started to really think about it, and what fish has a a solid red eye? None. None. I don't know. I thought maybe it was the inside of the fish eye. But I thought pimentos were fish eyes. Okay. Probably until I was 20 years old. Did who, you, who told you this? Probably yeah. my mom. Was it like your older brother? No. My, and my mom always said, why do you always talk so bad about me on the radio? Because you did this stuff. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not making these things up. My mom always told me all these fantastical stories. And I think I was just gullible enough to believe them until I was in my 20s. Yeah. Uh, somebody said I buy the dill pickle relish. Have for years. Uh, they're usually sold out. So when I do find it, I stock up. Something, speaking of condiments. Yeah. Over the weekend on the uh, yard sale. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he stumbled onto this conversation. Maybe somebody called in from Collinsville. But I asked about the ketchup bottle. And apparently... The ketchup bottle in Collinsville is a Brooks ketchup bottle. Yes. And it says catsup on it. It does. It says not ketchup. It says Mm-mm. catsup. But you can still buy Brooks ketchup at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. They used to make it in Collinsville. Then they, I don't know, sold out and left town. But you can still buy Brooks ketchup, which I didn't know was a thing. Mm. I'm trying to think if I've seen it. If I've even noticed it, somebody said, haven't you ever had a steak burger at Steak and Shake? Does that have dill relish on it? And if it does, I probably just thought they chopped up the pickles. I thought it was just. (laughs) I I thought it was all the same. What is is relish is is pickles and a little bit of onions. Probably. And it's. I I, you know what? I'm not even going to try. Our super fan, Aaron, said she just spit out uh, her Spit out of her mouth laughing. Yeah. Somebody else is suggesting by an Emerald Bennett. Uh, we always called tapioca fish eyes. Yes. Yes. See? Yeah. What is tapioca? 
I don't Have you no. ever had bubble tea with the tapioca balls? No, but I do love tapioca pudding. The, well, then the, you probably like this. Yeah, there's a million of them at the bottom. The tea is fine. The mm-hmm. tapioca balls, disgusting. Well, can I tell you why I couldn't have that pizza? For why? the first time. The Jets and, pizza? Yes. For the first time that we've gone to Mexico, and we've been going to Mexico for 14 years. I love it. I had a mudslide. I usually am really, really good about not having sugary drinks, and I just kind of have a vodka and water, and I don't do any of the pina coladas or the daiquiris. You had one, you had one mudslide? Oh, no, I had more than one. I'm okay. saying I had <laughs> mudslides, and holy cow, it's like you're drinking a shake it all really day. Is. It's like you're drinking ice cream. Yeah, it's kind of alcoholic ice crazy. Cream. But uh, did, I didn't even finish telling you guys what else we have because we've got a pretty jam-back show. I told you about the Saddleback chocolates we're going to tell you all about, but we also, of course, it's Wednesday, and Lauren Risley is going to join us. And Josh, you brought up a great point, because we're always talking to Lauren about different things you can do to make your house, you know, more sellable, maybe make a little more money. Should you redo the kitchen? Should you redo a bathroom? How important are closets? Jennifer Williams from the Closet Company, St. Louis Closet Company, was on with McGraw uh, this morning. They do that that small business monthly roundtable. And I just got to thinking, if we walked through a, a very so-so house, mm-hmm. my wife would be like, eh, next. And then the last room they show us is a beautiful walk-in Jennifer Williams Closet Company closet. She would say, where do I sign? Exactly. So is how important is closets these days when selling a house? And is that the number one thing people want? And does it need to be professionally done? Like, I, I keep saying that's going to be the next project, but I've been put on hold for this year. Oh. <laughs> so, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. She, she cut you off. She has cut me off on projects. <laughs> so if anybody out there wants help decorating something or wants to redo something outside, I'd love to help because I've been cut off when it comes to doing any projects around the, the house. So anyway, Lauren Risley will join us. We'll also check in with uh, Andy Field. Well, the New Hampshire primary results are in, but Nikki Haley, even though she didn't win, is going to stick around. What does all this mean? And then the 5 o'clock, we got the top five at 5. We've got some entertainment news, and then we'll wrap this show up with some random. So I hope you'll hang out with us for the next uh, couple of hours here on the Heidi Glass Show with Josh Gilbert on the Big 550 KTRS. Well, lots of people have jumped on the dry January bandwagon, and... It made us wonder, is quitting for just a month that beneficial? Dr. Ravi Johar, Chief Medical Officer with United Healthcare, is here to tackle that topic and more. As I have been talking about, I just got back from vacation. I have not been participating in dry January, but I'm, I'm willing to learn about it. And if it is that really, if it's that much better for us just to even go for a couple of weeks or a month without it. So... Educate me, Dr. Johar. Welcome back, Heidi. And I, I don't think that the damn for dry January applies if you're out of the country. I think that's Thank you. Okay, good to know. Rule, right? Yeah, we, hopefully Although my mom's January listening. Did, dry January did begin in the United Kingdom uh, back in 2012. So really? I guess it is a worldwide phenomenon. Yeah, they, uh, they, it started in, in England, and now it's kind of spread worldwide. 
Um, and, you know, is it beneficial? Is it useful? Actually, there's some studies that are pretty dramatic that if you go 30 days without any alcohol, you can actually lower your blood pressure, uh, lose weight, lower your cholesterol, and improve your liver function. Uh, all of that, you can also get better sleep, mood, and energy levels, and uh, better blood sugar control for diabetes or just normal. And you can also decrease the risk of some cancers, including breast, stomach, esophagus, and colon. So that's even just in 30 days. Uh, wow. So there can be some long-term improvements. You keep it going longer than that. And, and Dr. Um, yeah, Dr. Johar, I just want to jump in and just remind everybody that we do talk about alcohol quite a bit, and we do always remind people to drink responsibly and mm-hmm. in moderation. Uh, but, you know, when you say, oh, if you give up alcohol just for 30 days, well, there's people that don't have it at all. There's people that, uh, you know, are um, dry forever or they're uh, they went to uh, AA and, and now they're or they just don't like it. They or, were, yeah, and they're just, just not drinkers. Right? Yeah. And that's OK. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Alcohol is just like, you know. People have different uh, interests in food, and even in alcohol. There's some people that like wine, and others that like like beer, and some that like uh, you know the hard liquors. Are those so, people healthier than we are? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think. Well, there have been some studies that show. You know, we talked a little bit about last time that that red wine uh, in moderation has been shown to be beneficial. But uh, I'm not sure why red wine would be more beneficial than white wine. I don't know if it's less studies. Uh, but there have been things that show that there really is not uh, a, a huge issue if you can do it in moderation. And that moderation would vary with everybody, too. Uh, what's moderate for one may not be moderate for somebody else. Sure. But there are, are benefits to it. And that's why, you know, you mentioned dry January. That's that's become a very popular thing. But another one that is gaining in popularity is damp January. Mm. So you're not avoiding alcohol completely, but you're saying, hey, you know, I can just have a little bit, you know, I'll just have a half glass of wine or a glass of wine instead of the whole bottle the, um, and things like that. The other thing that seems to be at the top of list on the, the liver function and the losing weight is that it's really good for your skin. Yeah, uh, just everything. There's all kinds of benefits to that. You know, it decreases uh, heavy drinkers. There seems to be a little bit more acne and things of that sort, too. We don't know mm. if it's the oiliness of the skin or what happens, but they're seems to be changes in your skin. Absolutely. All right. You might have convinced me at least for a damp January. <laughs> now, uh, well, I think there's only six days left in January. So why don't we shoot for February? Oh, okay. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's the shortest month. But isn't that Mardi Gras? Oh, yeah. yeah. All yeah. right. So we are switching it's, gears. Yeah, it's a leap year. So there is an extra day. <laughs> but not switching gears because I want to stop talking about it. I want to switch gears because it seems like everyone has been fighting something, a cough, a cold, maybe the flu. And we're wondering how long do germs just linger around the house after you have a cold? That's a, a great question. And, and there's all kinds of things. Unfortunately, like all great questions, there's not an easy simple answer to it because uh, it, it varies on what type of germ. Is it a bacteria? Is it a virus? Is it a fungus? Um, you know, how much of the, uh, the the quantity was there? I mean, were there germs all over the place or were just a few of them? Uh, what kind of surface is probably the most important? Is it uh, a hard thing like stainless steel or, or granite or some kind of hard surface? Or is it, you know, on your skin or is it in clothing or, or things of that sort? 
And then finally, what's the temperature and humidity of the area? Mm. All of those kind of go into knowing how long it could last. In general, some things to keep in mind is that um, all these bacteria, viruses, everything, uh, live much longer on a hard surface than on a soft surface. So on a countertop, uh, uh, you know, a around the sink, around the toilet, things of that sort, they will live for a much longer time than on uh, someone's hands. On hands, usually, the um, or skin, the cold germs last for maybe about an, uh, an hour. On hard surfaces, they can last actually for, for a few days. Uh, what about like a couch usually, or a chair if it's fabric? It's going to be fabric. That'll be more, uh, it'll be much less than, than on any kind of hard surface. So usually a couple hours. On a, hard, on a soft surface. So like is that. it beneficial to go around the house spraying Lysol and wiping down doorknobs? Well, wiping down doorknobs probably because um, that is where they can live the longest. Probably on the other surfaces, no, because you're probably not coming in anything contact sitting on a couch that's really going to then go towards your, your face or mouth or things where it can get, get into your system easier. Um, also, the other thing to remember is that well, those studies that show that these bacteria are alive, they usually lose their any kind of infectivity much, much faster. So you can have cases where, uh, for example, we learned that with the COVID virus, where they could find remnants of the COVID virus still uh, around after uh, two to three days, but we know that within usually about two to three hours, it lost any ability to be infective. And my wife always likes to do the sheets, you know, when we wash mm-hmm. the duvet after we pull out of a sickness. And and I, I'm with her, but... I, you know, I, I want to look around and say, are we actually killing the germs or, you know, are we just doing it for a mental refresh? Can we reinfect ourselves with our toothbrush, with our chapstick? Is that is that a thing or, or how does antibodies work? Well, antibodies, basically your body, when you recover from an illness, will have built in its immune protection. So uh, unless you're immunocompromised where you have, are not able to build up any kind of immunity, you generally will not be able to reinfect yourself with that bacteria. Mm-hmm. The problem is that there are so many different kinds of bacteria, and as we know with viruses, they can mutate. You could get a different infection if there was a high enough uh, amount of those bacteria still around. But for the most part, you can't infect yourself. Now, when you're talking about a toothbrush, if you have the same toothbrush holder, you could have bacteria from one toothbrush go to someone oh. else's toothbrush, and they could get infected. So if you are sick, I think it's an important thing to make sure that you keep your toothbrush away from anybody else's toothbrush. And the most important thing with killing any of the bacteria, whether it's uh, on clothing, towels, uh, even the, you know, I guess, uh, couches and, and sheets and things like you said, is that they need to dry. If they're moist, bacteria can live a lot longer and cause problems. So after you use your toothbrush, make sure you try to leave it out so it air dries. Uh, away from the other toothbrush, and that'll decrease the risk of, of transmission of bacteria pretty dramatically. You know, we also see so many people carrying around their water bottles these days and how bacteria can run rampant through those. And somebody said their daughter's softball team kept having strep throat because none of them were sterilizing their water bottles, and they just kept passing it around. Yep, sharing is the biggest thing. That's the most most dangerous. Uh, so you want to be very, very careful about that. Basically, anything that goes in your mouth should not go in someone else's. No. Somebody said my husband used his toothbrush to clean a boo-boo and got a form of strep. Um, first of all, 
Why would you use your own toothbrush? <laughs> yeah. uh, I, Is that the one where you use your wife's toothbrush? Well, <laughs> yeah. first and foremost, yes, maybe. But, uh, you know, don't you have a, a secondary toothbrush for the grout and for the, you know, the weird things around the house? Uh, but all that aside, if if you do have, like, some sort of bacteria or infection uh, on an open wound, can you transfer that to your mouth in the form of strep absolutely you can because depending on what the bacteria is one the bacteria grows in any area that's moist and, and getting it into your mouth is the primary way bacteria gets into your system so that would be probably one of the most most dangerous ways to have that because you've got um, all that purulent stuff the pus that's there it has lots and lots of bacteria so you wipe that away or do something on your fingers hands Ew. you touch your face <laughs> yeah. it's, in your, it's in there Goodness gracious. Okay, then I also saw something else, and this was on social media, so forgive me for probably even asking this question. But it was about, like, the way we dry our face, and maybe we shouldn't be drying our face with the same hand towel. And what the, like, you know, sometimes you're taking whatever you washed your clothes with, and it's a, the towel itself is a little rougher, and that can be bad for your skin or passing along different bacteria. Well, the, there is uh, some recommendations from, from epidemiologists and dermatologists things that you should not use the same towel. Like if you have a body towel and bath towel, that should not be the same one you use on your face. You should have a separate face towel from body towel. And that they need to be washed kind of uh, at different times than, than the others. Uh, the, the irritation of the skin, that can lead, you know, if you cause some abrasion or irritation of the skin, that can lead to the chance of there being an infection there. But, I mean, unless you're really rough with it, really uh, should not be causing a problem unless you get, you know, some really expensive types of towels, like the kind we use at the gym or things like that. Tell you what I'm really rethinking is that resorts towels that have been washed in with everybody's and then you just Uh, use that random Hard bleach, too. Uh, (laughs) What about this, Dr. Johar? You go to the bowling alley. And they got one of those old-fashioned towel machines where oh. you just roll it and it keeps rolling and it's all wet. And there. I mean, to me, personally, I dry my hands on my pants in that situation. <laughs> but that that towel dispenser has got to be disgusting, right? I, I would think so. That's, that's really a lot more dangerous because, um, said, you know, keeping things dry, getting rid of the moisture – is really important. So when you have those old old rolling towels, they don't ever really get dry. And so that's really dangerous. It's probably the worst of the, the offenders. Okay. Well, I've learned a lot, and now I'm a little disgusted by even my own yeah. behavior. Well, but my own, my own toothbrush. <laughs> yeah, all of it. Real quickly, somebody says that you can actually clean your toothbrush with hydrogen perox- peroxide. Is that true? Absolutely. Hydrogen peroxide, according to the CDC, is probably the best a way to uh, kill bacteria and germs uh, on any kind of hard surface or, or even softer surfaces. Hydrogen peroxide is the best way to go. So um, we could and that works really well. We could drink it, and that would get rid of our COVID, right? <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> uh, I don't think we want to go that direction. Yeah, but actually, something that's even better, or as good, or probably even better than than using hydrogen peroxide is to sterilize your toothbrush or to really clean it. Everything, that's a really complicated process. You could boil it for for four minutes, um, which is probably not great for the bristles and things. But all of us actually have a sterilizer at home. You don't even think about. You could put it in your dishwasher and wash it for 
uh, just through one cycle. The as long as you use hot water, and that'll completely clean it out. Put it up in the little, if you have a little rack that you put your cutlery and things in, you can uh, put it there. Okay, and probably like the tooth scraper that oh, I've yeah, had way the, my too tongue, long. My tongue scraper. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's what I meant. That's Sorry. probably real gross. Okay. Uh, how often should we swap out our toothbrush just really quick? Well, the, the American Dental Association says that normally you should swap out your toothbrush every two to three months. Uh, but certainly if you see the bristles getting worn down or something like that, you can swap it out earlier. There's no downside to swapping out earlier. But usually about every two to three months is a time to replace your yeah. toothbrush. It's like one of those things. Do I put it in the dishwasher or do I just go get a mm-hmm. new one? Well, it's a lot easier just to toss them out. But Yeah. Uh, you have been so <laughs> helpful. As always, Dr. Johar, thank you so much. Anytime. I'm glad to be with you guys. Yeah. Oh, my. Let's talk about something more beautiful, something we can think about. The St. Louis Symphony Orchestra is just fantastic. You guys already know how much I love music, and that's the best of the best. And they're doing this fun thing, Musical Fables. And it's a program where not only... Are you going to hear these fantastic, I'm going to say, instruments together by the best in the business? But there's all these visual elements. I mean, projected animations during the Spider's Feast and the Academy Award-winning short film Peter and the Wolf playing yeah. at the orchestra performs. I mean, that's such a uh, I'm singing Peter and the Wolf one. right now. Yeah, I mean, it is so, so cool. And Ken Page, who is a St. Louisan and a... Uh, I mean, noted Broadway actor and singer. He's going to be the narrator on one of the pieces. It is just such a, I'm going to say, spectacular thing. And there's so many other things that go with that. I mean, they even are having a shuttle that will take you there if you're like, oh, I don't know that I want to drive down and find parking at Stiefel Theater. Well, you don't have to. So if you want to learn more, and there's so much to know about it, you can just go to slso.org. But it is really going to be a feast for the eyes and ears and for all ages. I don't care if you are 4 or 5 or if you are 85. This is really going to be something special. Oh, and by the way, it's taking place Saturday, January 27th at 7.30 p.m. And then again on that Sunday, January 28th at 3 p.m. So you have a couple of options if you're like uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and she says she needs to have a matinee. Well, the St. Louis Symphony Orchestra has given you a matinee for this fantastic event. And again, you can learn more slso.org. hard to believe that we're just 20 days from Valentine's Day. A great gift is always chocolate, but you don't want to give just any chocolate. You want to give the best, and that is Saddleback Chocolates. Marie Moore, and I'm just going to go ahead and say this. This woman has known me since I was 22 years old, which is kind of crazy because she just said in, she goes, do I see gray hair? And I'm you like, guys I'm, are hugging each other. Yeah. You're talking oh, like yeah. your old oh, friends. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I look uh, at her and... And think what happened. My baby. Uh, and say, what happened to her? Yeah. <laughs> she but, looks fabulous she and tan. So yeah. But when I first met Maureen, you guys were doing the Prairie State right. games. Right. So it's kind of like the Show Me State games, but in Illinois. And so I was over there all the time doing different things. Now you have this delicious chocolate. How did you 
And Get I brought chocolate. you some. I brought you guys some morsels because I thought you'd probably want some yeah, bourbon balls. Uh-huh. Josh, I'm supposed to be on a yeah. diet, you know, but never. No, you know, chocolate. I, not chocolate doesn't chocolate count. Chocolate is the Whoa. answer, no matter the question. And is this I had peanut butter. I had. Well, let me see. Our one of our team actually. That's a homemade peanut butter cup. OMG. Yes. So we have those. How did you get into chocolate? Well, you know what? We're in we're in Kentucky. Mike and I. God bless Mike more. We have you know we have a racing stables and a breeding stables. How many years have you guys been married? Dated for twelve, and we've been married thirty-one. Yeah. That's, so yeah, we're not and going you anywhere. Work together, you play together, exactly. which is also special. Exactly. He has Saddleback Stables and and created Saddleback Stables, and that's been twenty-two years. Holy we live cow. on Saddleback Trail, you know, because when we bought our and built our house, we said, "Well, our driveway's so long, let's name it." So we named it Saddleback Trail. Then when we were in Lexington breeding one of our brood mares, and actually when we were breeding her, she's one of Secretariat's great-great-granddaughters. That is mm. correct. Now, were yeah. you doing that when you were doing the Prairie State Games? Were you still oh, breeding yeah. horses? Oh, yeah. And the kids were having to get up in the morning and help feed. You know, I mean, you didn't leave the farm until you fed the horses and threw the hay and did all the nine yards. I mean, I went from being this wuss. To, I to don't think you've sudden, ever been yeah, a wuss. So now all of a sudden, I go out. You know, I mean, and I'm the one that delivers when we have a baby coming. No. We have, I'll deliver them. Yeah, because I, I don't trust anybody else. Uh, you're mama That's bear. The problem, you know. I mean, so I'll be the one sitting in the in the barn with Annie, with Saddleback Annie, and we sit there every night through the night waiting for the mare to lay down and then deliver her baby. Maureen, you have beautiful earrings on. You got Thank pearls. You. you have a beautiful vest. Your yeah. your hair is fantastic. She's beautiful oh, inside now. You. You're so well put together. I cannot imagine you catching a horse <laughs> it's, you know, coming what? down the chute. It's crazy. You know, Mike is the, he's really the horse whisperer. He, he really is. And he gets it and understands it. And they really love him. But I'm the one that you know, that I'll pull out my, my phone in the middle of the night and go, okay, because I have everybody that I have to call to make sure everybody gets there as we're going to deliver. And there's been times when they come fast, and there's times when it's three days of waiting. How often does a horse give birth? Um, every Well, it's 11 months, 11 days for gestation. Wow. So Coco Bandita. Hence, you know, also Saddleback Chocolates. Yeah. Coco Bandita, she'll My give birth. My wife thought birth. she had it bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. <laughs> and she'll give birth. At, when I left the farm this morning, I looked at her and said, oh, God, Coco, I know you have a few more weeks. But she'll she'll be giving birth probably about February 13th to 16th, something like that. You never know for sure. Well, you know? tying in, because I so, definitely want to get to the chocolate. Churchill yeah. Downs was your very first client for Saddleback yes. Chocolates. Yes, well, because we had all those connections. You know, all the years with when I was, you know, the director of Major Gifts at SLU. Yeah, building Shafitz and then going to Peabody Energy for the leaders in education. Everything all kind of always posed back to what you're going to do on a daily basis. Well, we kind of started this by Valentine's Day being yeah. right around the corner. But you guys do all kinds of fun, great custom gifts. Like somebody's getting married or we do. a baby shower. Oh, you yeah. can do those kind of oh, things. absolutely. Coca-Cola. We do Coca-Cola bottles for all of Coca-Cola. How corporate. cool is that? All of Coca- that was Junior Bridgman way back when, you know, before when he played for the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. Now he owns Heartland Coca-Cola. But we have, you know, chocolate for Stiefel, you know, for, for John Russell. We have so many people that we do chocolate for, and it's all custom. Well, and people can get it. Cleveland Heath and 1818 Chop House and the Fox Theater and the Muni and SLU and SIU. I mean, it just goes on and on. Chances oh, yeah. are people have had your chocolate and didn't even realize it. I'm sitting at the Fox Theater last night. <laughs> 
with my dear friend Kathy Federico. How was Funny Girl? Oh, it's fabulous. Okay, I'm seeing it tomorrow night. See, we're so lucky. We actually have front row Uh, center. Front row center. Is front row a good seat, though? It's fabulous. It is. You can see them spit and they're sweating. You can see their eyes. Josh, from you to me is where the where the woman is a wow. female conductor, female oh, orchestra I love conductor. That too. So I'm talking to her at the intermission. I'm talking to her, you know, and I'm asking her some questions. Don't you think she's busy? Yeah. Well, it, was, it was intermission, you know. I mean, but it's like we're there, and these gals from St. Clair yeah. School, our kids all went to St. Clair and O'Fallon. They're at the next table in the Fox Club. Oh my god! And they're like, oh, "Aren't you Maureen Moore with Saddleback Chocolates?" Because we're only two blocks from the, you know, from the school. And I'm like, "Yeah." And the one gal goes, "And I work for your jeweler." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, you've done my rings." Yeah. You sound like you've got a lot of fingers and a lot of pies. I do. <laughs> a lot of chocolate. I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. But the chocolate, I'm allergic to chocolate. No. I'm stinking allergic to it. Oh, and here we you, are. If you. Touch ingest it? it or if you touch it even even if i touch it if i ingest it if i'm in the back in the air in the kitchens where we're making everything you breathe it in everything yeah it just kind of you know it's just one of those things if it's in the air but the cool thing is i've got such a great staff i don't have to worry about it we have great chocolatiers and everything we do is handmade hand poured it's velvet and smooth and even our dark chocolate is real smooth. It's not that harsh chocolate. Yeah. But everything is small batch. You know, you've got small batch bourbon. We've got small batch chocolate. chocolate. Uh, the bourbon balls. Oh, we so have good. so many Kentucky farms that use our bourbon balls. Is, it's, somebody it's says, I love getting Saddleback chocolates. That's a mutual awards every year. Exactly. How That's many what, different flavors do you have? Oh, gosh. We started out, because when we did it, we started out just having two different types of chocolate. You know, a milk and a dark. And two, one was actually a racing piece for the racing and for the breeding operations and everything. Now we have probably 140 SKUs. Oh, my and gosh. And it just keeps growing. And my, my assistant, Barb Williams, she was with me since for the last 15 years. And we were at Peabody. And when we started this, just kind of as a lark, uh-huh. you know. And Barb looks at me at Christmas all the time like, what? Are we doing? <laughs> well, I go, I that's what know, I'm going to say about you. so busy. Marie Moore, you don't do anything half. No. It's, you are all in everything you do. You give well, thank it your you, all. Heidi. Thank you. You it's really a, It's do. a lead follower. Get the heck out of the way. And thank God Mike Moore and I can operate that way. <laughs> you know, thank God we can operate that you way. You work here at the station? Yeah. We could use somebody like you. Yeah. Right <laughs> <laughs> Mike, clean house. Be careful. Yeah, yeah. really. <laughs> I, did, I did have a radio show for a while uh-huh. called Cocktails and Conversation. That makes yeah. sense. It was all with successful women. All yeah. the top women around, you know, because it was cool. Well, but Heidi would be one of your guests. She mm-hmm. would be. Heidi could be my partner. Yeah. Heidi's Ain't so great. Crying. But then what would we do with you, Josh? Yeah. You know? <laughs> what, what would we do? I'll find something. He'll go get yeah. his coffee. Yeah. Shoot. Well, <laughs> we're running out of time, but I want to make sure everybody knows Saddle backchocolates.com it is that easy and they can go and learn about everything that you guys are doing and custom chocolates if they want we're in downtown O'Fallon Illinois we're online anybody that mentions KTRS during you know Valentine's yeah We'll give them 10% off. Mm. All right. So that way anybody can get it. But Saddleback Chocolates, it's pure, it's smooth, it's velvety, it's decadent. It's delicious, it's decadent. just as you are. Thank you, Maureen. Oh, Moore. love. Thank you. Thank you.
our headlines for this Wednesday afternoon, January 24th. St. Louis Chefs Restaurants among 2024 James Beard Award semifinalists. Three metro area chefs are semifinalists in the Best Chef Midwest category. Rob Connolly of Bull Rush in Grand Center. Lauren Nolick of Balkan Treat Box in Webster Groves. And then Philip Day of Root and Food. Root Food and Wine in Augusta, which all fantastic places, obviously. Uh, this is the first time for Root, which opened in 2021, and his reaction was just disbelief. Connolly is a semifinalist for the third consecutive year, and then Lauren Nolik was a semifinalist last year and in 2020. In case you're wondering, Best Chef Midwest covers restaurants in Missouri, Kansas, Nebraska, Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, North and South Dakota. So this is a pretty darn big deal. Hmm. That Balkan treat box. Oh, it's so good. But I'll have to try Bull Rush and uh, Root. It's fantastic. It's in Augusta. It's It's really. It's a cute old house, and it's the menu is you know fairly small. And I'll tell you, you guys hear me complain all the time about my dad and wild game and not wanting to eat whatever. Right. It was the first time I had quail, and it was delicious. And it was actually good. It was so good. Yeah. Yeah. And Augusta, I mean, that's out there, but it's not that far out No, it's a beautiful drive. Great drive. Uh, There are ambitious plans to build America's tallest building, a 1,900-foot skyscraper. Do you know where they're talking about putting this in the United States? No, I have not heard. You haven't heard this? this. Connor, have you heard this story? I have not. World, it would be the U.S., the tallest building in the United States, and they're planning to put it in Oklahoma City. Oh. Because mm. there's more ground? Well, they are trying to build something called the Boardwalk at Bricktown in the Oklahoma capital. I think it's adjacent to the basketball arena. This would be like... So this is pretty much a publicity stunt. I Well, right. I, well I mean, a publicity stunt is... Stunt then over. This they're planning on putting the country's tallest tower. But you know, people will go just like you go to the Sears Tower in just Chicago, or yes. But well, the best part on. about uh, people but, don't go to Chicago just for this, the right? Sears Tower, right? But, no, but they do make it a. It's one of the top things on a lot of people's list. And now that they have that clear thing that you can step out on and walk, yeah, I didn't like that. Yeah, and the Empire State Building uh, is a thing as well. But the best part about those is when you're up there, you get to see everything else. New York and Chicago, mm-hmm. not the vast plains of Oklahoma. So the number 1907, 1907 feet, references the year in which Oklahoma was admitted to the Union as mm. the 46th state. I can't believe it took that long. Interesting. Mm. Oklahoma became a state. It just feels like one of those things where they're going to say they're going to do it, and then and then they won't. A few years from now, well, we just didn't think it. We didn't find it feasible. I was going to say it's not going to be a cheap (laughs) proposition. But it's it's adjacent to the basketball arena. It's going to be like uh, Ballpark Village, but on mega steroids. Mm -hmm. Interesting. St. Louis producers Broadway hit shocked. Headed for the silver screen, St. Louis native Mike Bosner is co-producer of Shucked, which just closed on Broadway earlier this month, and it's now being adapted into a movie. The musical is also set to begin in its North American tour in the fall, which I cannot wait to see. It's about a small town where the entire economy depends on its corn crop. 
when it mysteriously starts dying, a local named Maisie has to come in and save the day. And Brandy Clark, who was just performing in Mexico, and Shane McAnally, both country music singer-songwriters, composed the music and lyrics for the show that will now be a movie. So it's kind of cool that there's a St. Louis tie. Mm. And that was that does look interesting. Yeah. CBS Sunday Morning did a piece on it. A musical about corn. Corn. I mean, they lean into it's kind of corny. It is a bit corny. Uh, and Heidi, I know you're always tuning in on Monday nights. WWE Raw. Mm-hmm. I'm the, usually throwing a chair or two in my own living room. Yep, the wrestling show. Heidi's a big uh, You Can't See Me John Cena fan. <laughs> Netflix has paid $5 billion to WWE to stream Monday Night Raw starting B- next year. Billion? Billion. For the next ten years, I mean, this is this could be the future of television. Remember mm-hmm. that one year where they only Disney Plus only streamed Dancing with the Stars. It, it lasted for one season. That people way. hated it because they were like, "I want to watch that on regular TV." Of all the things out there that I think the fans would not mind paying for, but I, I thought think it was already pay per view a lot of times, so well, it's not that big of a stretch, is it? That's a great. Point. It's been on USA Network. It's wildly popular with the wrestling fans. But I think the the Super Slam and the Summer and the WrestleMania. I think they, those will still be pay per view. Uh, You'll get them as Netflix outside of the US. But I still think you have to pay pay per view. So then you have to pay. So now you got to pay for double. Netflix to watch Raw. But you have to pay cable to watch Raw now because it's on USA Network. Yeah. It's not free. But big deal, and it's one of those things where this could be, you know, Peacock just had that football game on, Mm -hmm. and it was only streaming. Netflix, by the way, just announced that they had 13 million new subscribers during the last quarter of last year. So, looks like they're doing fairly well. I'd say so. I, You know, there are certain things that I'm willing to pay a little more for, and one of those... Wrestling? That's not it. (laughs) What is, is... You know what? To really have somebody work me through and get this body ready for summer. And Club Fitness is so good at that. I mean, really, Club Fitness offers so many different options. Because you have all these other boutique places where they do one thing really well. Well, Club Fitness has all of those boutique studios under one massive roof. Plus, it's not like you're going to have to drive 30 minutes because there's 19 area locations there's one that's probably 10 minutes away from you and it's open 24 7 so middle of the night you're having trouble sleeping tossing and turning you can get up and go get your workout in but maybe this is a new journey for you and you're not sure where to start there's personal training there's group exercise classes there's that cycle studio and the burn zone and the other thing and i think this is what you're going to be hearing a lot more about is the, all the recovery tools and club fitness has been kind of on the forefront of all of this because they have red light therapy and they have the hydro lounge and rest and recovery is such an important thing so you can get right back in and start doing what you need to do to feel better you can learn more about everything that club fitness offers clubfitness.us Mm, Annie Lennox. So, so good. 
reason that I sound like this because I was screaming how good she was. Uh, you asked Josh off air because I mentioned something about Jamie Lee Curtis saying that she needed matinees. She wanted you. She wanted to see you too so badly, but she can't stay up anymore. And it's funny because uh, as I was telling Maureen, I'm going to see Funny Girl tomorrow night, but Marsha can't do a 7.30 start. She's sound asleep by that. And so Jamie Lee Curtis is like, well, there's got to be more matinees, like concerts. She's also saying that turning 65 is a moment of just excitement. And this is why. And I, I'm leaning in to my new age. And she said 65 is a moment of reflection and excitement. She was on with uh, Hoda the other day. And I thought, you know what? What she's saying is really it resonates. She said she's kind of come to that point where she sees her own personal evolution and that she's, one, much less hard on herself. And that instead of, you know, worrying about what she looks like and, you know, it's more about thinking and feeling and not kind of wishing you were doing so many things or looking forward to so many things because she says time is running out. It's really about being in that very moment instead of when you're younger, you're just thinking, oh, you know, in my 30s, I'll do this. In my 40s, I'm going to do this. And by this time, I want to have X, Y, and Z. And she's kind of saying, you know what, now I'm just, I'm in that space of I am going to do what I want to do today and I'm going to be present and I'm going to look at you and I'm going to listen to you because what else is there? And I just like, maybe we all need to do a little more of that. I love Jamie Lee Curtis, and I'm going to say something, but I want to explain it. Okay. When you said she was turning 65, I can't believe she's only 65, and it has nothing to do with how she looks because she looks great. Mm -hmm. She's just been around forever. Since she was a kid. I mean, she was 19 years old when she did that Halloween movie. She has always been here. She's also been in the spotlight because her parents. And her parents. Yeah, I also thought it was interesting. I didn't realize that she and Jodie Foster are besties. Are they? They, They're on a text chain with a couple other people. So they did this funny thing, and I don't know if this is something they're going to do on the Today Show as a kind of regular thing, but Hoda asked Jamie Lee Curtis to write on an, in an envelope, a question for Jodie Foster. And then Jamie Lee Curtis opened it kind of to have a, a different take on things, which I thought was kind of interesting. Hmm. But, yeah. Did Now, Jamie Lee Curtis is married to Christopher Guest, mm-hmm. and I think that's perfect. It seems like a good match. Um, and if people don't know, I mean, his movies are uh, all the... The Mighty Wind yeah. and... What's best the one, in show. Best in show with yeah, the dog which is waiting a great for one. Um, And he was in Spinal Tap, mm-hmm. which I think they're putting out some new music. Uh, but did Jodie Foster ever marry someone famous? Mm-mm, she well, her wife is in the is, is she in the business? She has a documentary that's coming out, so she had and maybe she's done a little bit of acting. I but you wouldn't know her if you saw her, right? Okay. So not that, you know, famous as far as that goes, but it's interesting. If we haven't talked that, I can't believe, I feel like we were just doing, you know, the Radiothon, but the fourth annual Radiothon to support the Backstoppers. Oh, the Backstoppers. Yeah. 
Is that it? We've only been doing, this is only our fourth? Yeah, but can you believe it's already time? This is tomorrow, right? Yeah. We're doing this. Oh, yeah. So that's going to be a fun one. Talk about a fantastic organization. I say this all the time. St. Louis is one of the most philanthropic you know, communities. It really is. It, it's amazing what how people What did Ronald McDonald House come together. say? Oh, it was like two-plus million dollars more that we raise here for Chicago. the Roundup than the Chicago. Yeah. So that's kind of what's well, really cool, if you ask me. But here is uh, something I thought was really interesting. And I know you said, uh, you know, you're probably not going to have a second child, but <laughs> if... That's okay. not completely ruled out yet. <laughs> Time is ticking. Time is ticking for sure. Parents nickname their baby McFlurry. Now, that's not the birth. Like, that's not on the birth certificate. Is that a first name or a last name? Well, it's a nickname. <laughs> but I guess this baby was born in the McDonald's parking lot. They didn't have any time to get there. They're from Wisconsin. She started experiencing mild contractions and... Since she was 38 weeks pregnant at the time, she thought it was a false alarm, decided to go back to sleep, woke up in pain, realized, of course, it was time. So uh, after her mother arrived to look at after their other uh, children, they attempted to get to the hospital, but they had to pull over, I guess. And they decided to pull over in the (laughs) parking lot at McDonald's and... Well, now they have Little McFlurry. Little McFlurry. Would that have been of all the items on the menu? Why wouldn't they have gone with McNugget? Yeah, little Nugget. Little, little McNugget. Yeah. Little Double Chibi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a bag of fries. But I think it was. It was kind of also the uh, the weather was. It was flurry. It's flurry and, and maybe even blizzard-like conditions. So if, this seemed a little... What if there was only a white castle? Oh. On the, you know, my little belly bomber. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of babies are called that. <laughs> I mentioned earlier that Marsha has said no more projects, but I have to say we were able to do a couple of great projects in the last five years. It's not like we do one every year, but the reason we were able to do the bathroom last year was because Together Credit Union just had an awesome opportunity with their home equity line of credit. And we're going to talk to Lauren here in a few minutes. She always suggests your first call if you want to do something, if you want to, you know, if you need a mortgage or Together Credit Union is fantastic. Now, maybe you don't want to spend money. Maybe you want to see that money grow. And Together Credit Union, which, by the way, City SC's official banking partner, because that's kind of cool, is offering a guaranteed way to grow your money with two limited-time CD promotions. And the first one is an 11-month CD term with a 5.40% annual percentage yield. And then the second option is 19-month CD term with a 5.00% annual percentage yield. Both options you know, need a minimum balance of $1,000. But if you're looking for a guaranteed way, because sometimes if you're going to go and, you know, throw your money in a stock market, that's not a guarantee. This is, and Together Credit Union has so many other fantastic opportunities for you. And you can learn more about all of them. Just go to togethercu.org.
I'm going to pull back the curtain a little bit here because this morning, Josh and Lauren Risley, our expert on real estate, and I were all on a text chain, and Josh had a great question about the importance of closets. Well, thank you, Heidi. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this has got to be our topic today. So, Lauren, let's jump right in. Let's jump right in. I mean, where do closets rank when it comes to, like, must-haves? Well, let me ask you this. What do you, where do you think they rank? If, if one's being not important and 10 is super important, what would your guess be? I, I would say nine. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Let's yeah. go. Let, yeah. Let's go through the, the house. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, the, so, the kitchen. Yeah. Um, I think the bathrooms and the closets. Number three. Oh, ranking. Oh, I see. You ranked it differently. Okay. Uh-huh. You were actually ranking your favorite parts of a house. Yes. And I'm just saying in the I meant, scheme of importance, yeah, I'm saying in the scheme it is. Of importance. <laughs> and, I, and I was saying 10 being the highest, by the way. Yes. Nine. So, it's, so, yeah. it's right there. Uh, so I would have guessed um, ranking of importance. I would have said buyers would say closets and like sort like would be a, a three. Right. But working with buyers, and that's one of the important things about making sure we're working with buyers and sellers, is that it's important to hear what buyers want to know how we can prep sellers best mm. when they're selling their house. And one thing that we've learned is like cl- closets are a 10, man. Like, wow. And there's so many different parts of it. So the one thing, the biggest shock for me was your entry closet, right? So you walk in the house. We live in St. Louis. It's We get a foot of ice, right? And mm. uh, you got to wear coats to go outside. So like, where do you put them, right? And so I didn't realize how important coat closets were right when you walk in the house. Yeah, well, I don't have buyers. one. You have to walk down the hallway. And by the time you do that, the entire wood floor is filthy. Yeah. I mean, and, and you're, you know, you have a historical house in the city and so they just weren't built that way. Like you have these 3000 square foot houses that didn't have main floor bathrooms, you know, or coat closets. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that is huge. Also a pantry. I had uh, no idea. I mean, I'm a single person and, uh, you don't put DoorDash in a pantry. It's just saved on phone, <laughs> you know? Um, so a pantry was never anything that was important to me, but, you know, working with families, we'd go into a kitchen and Mr. or Mr. Mr. or Mrs. Buyer would go, nope, this isn't going to work. And I'm like, what are you talking about? There's 18 feet of cabinets. And they're like, yeah, but there's not a specific pantry. Mm. And so, again, those are two things that were, were big eye openers um, when working with buyers. And when we're helping sellers prep their house, we're not always doing renovations. You know what I mean? But if there's no coat closet in the entry, we might, uh, you know, find some sort of like, built-in storage, whether it's at Ikea or on Wayfair or having someone build it where you have, you know, a place to hang your coats and and put your wet shoes and your wet boots and things like that. Now, Lauren, we all know that Heidi cannot cook. Mm -hmm. Can you you cook? Well, she tells us all the time. Okay. Well, when you say, can I cook? Like, are you talking about like, can, is everyone safe? Does the house catch on fire? Are you talking about, does it taste I'm talking, can you, is it edible? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, my my go to and what I probably eat most nights are uh, shrimp and jasmine rice. That's a meal. That's two pans with a veggie. Yeah. 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 Well, and technically, if I'm really throwing myself under the bus, the rice is like pre-portioned and you just microwave it for 60 seconds. Basically, that's cheating. um, You're assembling (laughs) is what I hear you say. I did assemble it. Yes. Heating things up. (laughs) I can do that. Broccolini or or cook carrot. Yeah. So, I mean, I wouldn't call me a chef, but I mean, 
I'm there. All right, well, back to the closets. And I want to dig okay, a little deeper, like, as maybe get too into the weeds on this, but does it matter if it's a custom closet? Yeah, so, like, in a bedroom? Yeah. No, I don't think it matters. I think the space is what's most important. But here's the deal. Like, you know, when you're selling your house, honestly, when you're living in your house, but when you're selling your house, anything you can do to have an advantage over another house mm-hmm. is huge, right? And so you know, is, is, is having a brand new kitchen an advantage? Sure. But we're not going to ask you to spend $50,000 just to have an advantage. But if you can spend 1500 or 2,500 and you get someone to come in and put in custom closets in the bedrooms, I mean, that's huge, you know, um, St. Louis closet company is a great company, but also just going to like the container store or Ikea and just getting some different storage units that go in there go a really long way. It's so uh, interesting because I was say, I, I was so impressed when my sister redid her kitchen and she had like that specialty storage area with like a kitchen cabinet for just baking sheets. Isn't and I was, that? It was so yeah. cool. But then I was able to go to the container store and I kind of got a rack and I'm like, okay, it's not as good, but there are some ways that you can rehab your kitchen and save yourself some money with those things totally i mean even even like a cabinet that you know opens from left to right or or whichever you can get little shelves that go on the shelf that pull out Mm -hmm. right so your base cabinets are going to be deeper than your upper cabinets and you know you're like reaching to the back to get like the pan top or whatever but if you can get one of the drawers that pull out um i mean that even that's a benefit and i wouldn't say that's huge because when people are touring a house to purchase it it's very rare they're opening the kitchen cabinets and looking necessarily for that. But when you're opening the bedroom closets or the the pantry or the coat closet or linen closets, they really are looking for storage. And that's the one thing that uh, my wife laments about our house. And uh, there's not the basement has been finished by the previous homeowner. There's just not enough storage for her. But I'll tell you this. When you walk into my front door, and I love my house. Like if I died, it's a in great this, house. If I died in this house, I'd be happy. If I never moved again, Ooh, the people, the people buying it next would. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you, you technically know? don't have to disclose that unless I was murdered. <laughs> you don't have to disclose it, but yes, that's right. Um, so if I, when you walk into my front door, there is a coat closet, and it's got those, you know, those doors on the on the sliding racks that open up, and everything. I'm looking at my house on Zillow. And the pictures are from, you know, eight years ago. That closet didn't exist. Ooh. It was just a wide open landing area. And they built it for the reason that you're describing exactly, Lauren. People want a closet as soon as they walk in the door. Yep. Yeah, we did a rehab on Junietta. If you live in the city, you might call it Juniata, Junietta, Juanita. I call it Juanita. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Juanita. Okay. Okay. So, so that street, right, in Tower Grove South, uh, we did a house and it was a uh, about 1800 square feet it was a a two bed or a three bed one and a half bath or one bath and the main floor didn't have a bathroom or a coat closet um but when we took the wall down between the living room and dining room we realized that there's there's probably enough depth to still have like a comfortable living room and dining room but to build out pretty much along the entire wall um a coat closet and a half bathroom so i mean you can figure out where to put those things. It's really funny in the city because you'll find these old houses. And if you ever go to a friend's house or a dinner party, um, the, the, sometimes that half bath is this tiny little room because they built it underneath the stairs. 
Uh, yes, I've been those? in a couple of those houses. Where you have to like kind of crouch down and thankfully like you sit down when you go to the bathroom, otherwise you'd smoke your head on the ceiling <laughs> type thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, so storage is definitely important. And Josh, you had mentioned your basement. This is what we tell people all the time when they finish their basements. It's like, you know, finish, finish two thirds of it, but leave a part of it unfinished because, you know, people go, we finished the entire basement. It's like, that's great, but where are people putting their Christmas tree? Yeah. <laughs> you know, where are yep. people putting this? And so we always want people to leave at least some space uh, for for storage, you know. Is and, and it worth it to cut a bedroom in half to make the closet bigger? Yeah, it depends on the bedroom. So I would never take a three-bedroom house down to a two-bedroom house. But I would take a four bedroom house to a three bedroom house if you're gonna if you're gonna do something like you're suggesting. So, you know, if you wanted to if if maybe upstairs is three beds or four beds and one bath or something like that, using one of the bedrooms uh, to make like an ensuite. Um, so yeah, we've had plenty of people. You know, a lot of houses have one bedroom on the second floor that's much smaller, like an office or mm-hmm. a nursery. A lot of times we'll see people use that as like a walk in closet or something. Yeah, it is an important thing. And I can say when my friends were moving here from Nashville and we were walking in a couple of old houses, it was one of the first things. Like, well, where's the closet in this bedroom? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, and if there was one, you couldn't probably get 10 jackets in there. And it's where are you going to put things? So I, I think maybe it's also something as you get older and you realize how much stuff you have, how important it is to have closet space. Or when you're moving, how important it is to purge, get rid of a bunch of stuff. You know? Then you don't have to worry about it as much. So very true. Well, we always appreciate your uh, intel when it comes to what we need to do to our houses to make them, you know, worth a little bit more or make them maybe just more enjoyable for ourselves. So if you're in the market to buy or sell a home or if you just have a question because, Lauren... Knowledge is power. power. (laughs) Almost, Josh. Almost. Almost. 314-775-0684. 314-775-0684. You can also email her at hello at laurenrisleyrealty.com. Always great checking in with you. I will talk to you guys next week. Sounds good. You probably know by now that uh, Donald Trump defeated Nikki Haley in the New Hampshire primary last night. He took 54% of the vote to her 43%. Andy Field, ABC News correspondent in Washington, joins us. This is interesting because, yes, he has been declared the winner, but she is vowing to fight on. Well, she probably has two more opportunities before she runs out of options, and that is South Carolina, her home state. Uh, where she's still popular. However, oddly enough, uh, most of the elected Republicans in that state, including uh, Tim Scott, who she appointed to the U.S. Senate as a replacement, has now thrown their weight behind Donald Trump. So that's a little bit of an issue for her in terms of her home state. Uh, She's not polling uh, fantastically there. Donald Trump is still ahead. And then we have this really oddball election race in in uh, Nevada, where they have not only a caucus but a primary. 
they have a caucus because Donald Trump wanted a caucus because he controls the pretty much the political apparatus in that state. And he can pretty much guarantee himself a victory in the caucus, which all the other Republican candidates are not out of, including Mickey Haley, who said this is a rigged election, which is odd because that's Donald Trump's main complaint about most elections against him. They do have an official primary in that state, which Nikki Haley is registered in, and she will likely win that uh, because Donald Trump's not competing in that. But it doesn't matter because in the primary in Nevada, no delegates are going to be awarded, only in the caucus. So that's really the definition of a rigged election, which is in Nevada, which is why she's ignoring it and moving on to South Carolina. She did fairly well in New Hampshire, not well enough to win. She was 11 points behind Donald Trump. But uh, that means that there is a significant number of Republicans who would rather vote for her than Donald Trump, and Donald Trump doesn't want that. He just wants to declare victory and move on, which, by the way, is what President Biden would rather do. He wants to basically say, look, that race is over. Donald Trump's the winner. He just wants to concentrate on Donald Trump because he thinks he can win against Donald Trump more easily than he would against Nikki Haley. I am pleased to see how she's doing in these races, even though she's losing. It's really interesting to think of Donald Trump as an incumbent because it's basically what it is. I mean, the last time that this happened, what, Grover Cleveland, two non-consecutive terms. Um, So we really haven't seen this before. But Donald Trump used to be president, then he wasn't, and now he's running again. He's the incumbent, but most incumbents have landslide overwhelming victories and she's actually putting up a pretty good fight. My question, Andy, is if you pulled back and did a national election between Joe Biden and Nikki Haley, do we have poll numbers on that? There are some polls that that say she would do considerably better than Donald Trump. Some of them have her actually beating him. The reason being is that there are a number of Democrats and certainly independents who think Joe Biden's too old to be president. And so they're looking at Nikki Haley and they're going, well, she seems reasonable. Why, why don't we give her a chance? Uh, if you look at her policies, they align more with Donald Trump, certainly than they do with Joe Biden in many cases. Uh, she is conservative. But, uh, you know, she seems to not be as as publicly nasty as Donald Trump is, and that's refreshing to a lot of people. You know, what I also think is interesting about all this is just that the old guard of Republicans as we once knew them, the the Bushes, I mean, they're nowhere to be found. The Reagans, yeah. Well, they've been marginalized by Donald Trump and the majority of voters who put him into office the first time uh, and uh, certainly voted in large numbers the second time. Uh, he's not wrong. He's not not telling the truth when he said uh, he got the most votes for an incumbent president ever. I think it was 71 million. But uh, the, the problem is, is that Joe Biden got 7 million more, which he contests and says is not true. He also just spewed a whole bunch of things that just weren't true last night. He said uh, that he's won uh, New Hampshire several times. He, he didn't. He lost to Hillary Clinton there in the general election, and he lost to Joe Biden in the general election. So he's never won in the general election in New Hampshire. We don't know how well he'd do this time around, but if half the Republicans in that state aren't for him, it doesn't bode well. I'm just stunned to watch this all unfold and to see the Republican Party just 
handing Donald Trump the scepter, putting all their eggs in the Trump basket, when Nikki Haley could actually win the general election in November? Well, the Republican Party, uh, when you talk about the actual apparatus, the, the official politicians, the folks who run that, the politicians in Congress, in, in state and local races, they are terrified of Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump is very effective at primarying them out of existence. If you cross Donald Trump and he goes after you, the likelihood is your political career is over. Now, that has not translated into general elections, even though Donald Trump's power when it comes to primaries uh, is still pretty powerful and in, invokes a whole lot of fear in Republicans. When it comes to general election, his record is not as good. In fact, it's pretty poor. He, he lost uh, the House and Senate uh, for Republicans the last time around in the last big election. And uh, he, a lot of folks that he supported in general elections across the country have not failed because they were too Donald Trump-like. So that's a problem for the Republican Party, but that's something that they're going to have to find candidates who will overcome that. Yeah, well, it's a long road ahead as we'll be seeing all of this unfold. Andy Field, thank you so much for your report. Thanks, guys. This is, you know, I really hate all of the politics of it, especially where it is today. And this is what I don't like about it. And I I hope that you don't take this the wrong way, but it's, yes, let's go back and forth about the issues and what you like about a certain candidate. But there was one thing that I watched today and he was ripping on Nikki Haley's dress. I hate, I hate it. And I hate it to me. And I'll give you a quick example. We were, on the bus, on our way to the resort in Cancun, and I'm going to call this person one of my new best friends, and we were sitting there. Again, I don't really want to get into that with anybody, but something about it came up, and she looked at me very point blank and said, look, I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm a Trump supporter. I voted for him last time. I'm going to vote for him again. If we can't be friends moving on, I don't even want to start this conversation right now. Didn't know her, but we were laughing about a lot of stuff, and it was fun. And I'm like, No, that is not – that's where the world is right now. That's not how I want this world to be. Tell me what you like about him. Tell me what, you know, you think he's done for us, and I'll tell you what I think. Let's have a conversation about it, but let's not go and pick on – I think what he said is something like, you know, her and her fancy dress, whatever she's saying, and let's be honest, it probably wasn't that fancy. Are we – that's that's just what I – let's talk about what – you like about him, what you like about Biden, what you like about Nikki Haley, and move on. But let's not pick on people and their appearances and what, you know. That's his M.O. Remember what he said about Ted Cruz's wife? Yes. I Holy just, cow. And then Ted Cruz is like coming out being his biggest supporter. I, know. I want Nikki Haley to stay in even longer just to to make him work for it. Mm-hmm. But I want to see if he says something. That's going to get him in trouble. Well, I don't think he will. I think we're past that, and this is where we are. Because you can sadly. say stuff about Meatball Ron, but you can't say Meatball Nikki. Mm-hmm. And I want to see if he says something that gets him truly gets him in trouble. Yeah. Well, it'll be it'll be interesting to watch. That's for sure. <laughs> and I think we'll probably all be tired of it by the time November rolls around. I'm already tired of it. <laughs> All right, it is 5 o'clock, and a lot of people checking out, rolling into their 
Thursday because it's already middle of the week, which is fantastic. we got more to get to, though. We've got our top five at five. We've got some entertainment news, something I think a lot of people are going to be excited about. And then we'll wrap this show up with some random. So I hope you'll hang out with us for another hour here on the Big 550 KTRS. And now for the top five at five news from around the room. Welcome back, Heidi. Well, I'm happy to be back, and I saw this story while I was gone. And it's not my typical feel-good story, but since I talk about my RV all the time, I thought I'd share this because I've never seen anything like it, never heard a story like this before. An Ohio farmer died in late December, and he had been living in his RV. Now, that part I've seen. Lots of people we meet on the road do it full-time, which is fantastic. The twist to this one, you didn't share the story while I was gone, did you? Nope. Is that he was living with his dead wife in that RV for six years. And he knew she was dead. I guess in early January, their son, who was 29 years old, said that his father had died inside his home on his farm. This is in Salem, Ohio. After he reported his death, he told authorities that there would be another body on the property. At first, deputies weren't able to find the other body on this 40-acre farm. However, the sheriff there and another officer spotted an RV behind the barn and found his wife, I should say her dead body, in the vehicle. The son said that investigate, told investigators that his father died on December 31st, and he'd been living inside the RV with the body of his dead wife, Peggy. She died in 2017 at the age of 64. Now, they also did say this wasn't like, you know, just crazy, left her there. He was he was with her and taking care, care of her. her. Oh my god! Wrapped in a blanket, surrounded by herbs. Oh, this is a, a horror movie. Well preserved for the amount of time that she had been deceased is the way they described it. One, the sheriff said, "I've been doing this for almost thirty-four years. I've never, never seen anything like it. I've never seen a body that is." been gone that long and still that intact we've had bodies that have been gone much more you know quicker time and nothing like this now both appear to have died of natural causes but i just thought wow this was really something and i'm wondering about the son because he informed authorities that his parents were devout Quakers and wanted to be buried at the same time. I don't know enough about Quakers and if there is anything. Yeah, I mean, you know. how would you do that? You'd have to. But you'd I have just, to go at the same time. It was when I saw that he had been living with his wife. I'm like, okay, this is creepy. What's going on? And then when I saw how he was taking care of the body, I'm like, okay, hold on, this is. Well, it's kind of sweet, actually. I, I just didn't want to let her go. It. Yeah. No, I don't. Marsha goes, are you gonna I, no, prop I am her not. up in the love seat? No, she's out. <laughs> Almost immediately. 
Like, uh, don't people do this with pets? They'll get them like oh, you the just taxidermist. Yeah, I think that's weird. I okay. don't know. Um, the uh, Johnny Knoxville Jackass movies. Uh-huh. Okay, they're juvenile. They're sophomoric. I think they're hilarious, and they're a lot smarter than you would think. He took his grandmother in. I think it was probably just an older actress, and asked somebody to taxidermy his grandma when she passed uh-huh. away. And the guy wasn't getting what he was asking at first, and you know, halfway through, he goes, "Oh, you want me to do her?" You know, I'm pointing at the. <laughs> He's like, "No, no, we don't do humans." <laughs> and I think there's probably a law. I would imagine there's a law against. Oh, that. there has to be somebody on the woods basement systems text line. That's so creepy. I, it, yeah, I think it's kind of sweet. The more I think about it, well, I think it's kind of cute. I hope. Uh, Di isn't listening. She normally picks Finn up from school right now. Honey, if you're listening, I would <laughs> wrap you in herbs. This is the gift, actually. Yeah. This is you're going to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, is, this is what I'm getting you for your birthday. Yeah. Is when you die, I'm going to wrap you in herbs and keep you around yeah. for as long as I possibly can. Yeah, man. So I guess I guess this guy didn't date anyway. It, <laughs> oh Not in the RV. <laughs> yeah. Oh, very creepy. Mm-hmm. In and Out Burger, which I have to finally concede. The first time I had it, it was a religious experience. The second time I had it, exact same. Just Oh, it was the same. I was going to say same. just okay. For years. And then the last couple of years that I've had it, I've... Uh, it's not as good as I was making it out to be. And frankly, we had it out in Vegas in October and it was just, it was good. It was, it was good. Don't you think expectations are everything? I built it up too much maybe, but you know, a Shake Shack, which we now, did you, have you seen the new Shake Shack? Yes. It's at the, uh, the triangle, the Manchester triangle. Is Is that what they call it? I don't know, but that describes it well. Yeah, so if, yeah. You're, if you're getting off the highway, you need to go on the one way and then yeah, up you and around. Loop. You got to yeah. loop it around. I always thought that was so weird how it splits. The Manchester. Right? I would like triangle. to know why they originally. I've did never that. seen anything else like this. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, they probably built a lot of commercial. Well, the movie theaters there. Uh, they probably built a lot of commercial real estate and then realized that they had to extend the road because Manchester going east is a pretty wide road. That was mm-hmm. probably the road, and then they were like, "We have, we have to have more lanes." So they had to build around. That's Maybe my, I mean, you know, guess. when Carl's originally went in, I think that was a dirt road, gravel road. That, you know where Carl's is? Yeah, where in Rock Hill? Mm-hmm. That was the, a gravel road. Mm-hmm. Manchester was a gravel God. road back then. Well, back in the how far back? I mean, are you we guys talking? correct me if I'm wrong on the Woods Basement Systems text line eight four one two six. I mean, it's a great little. Burger joint where you still have the Webster and the Kirkwood kids going in, sitting on each side of the soda fountain, if and you will. You can't, you can't get from one side to the other. You have to go outside mm-hmm. to get to the other side. Yeah, I always it, thought that was somebody said they call it the wedge. The wedge, I like that. Okay, yeah. mm-hmm. is that what is that what that person calls it, or is that what it just says? We call it the wedge. What Japair calls it? I, I doubt there's an official name. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's got to be. No, you don't think so? No, no. Speaking of Manchester, 
uh, as we just keep heading east on Manchester. Yeah. That classic car dealership right there in the corner of Brentwood and Manchester. Mm-hmm. With the Jaguars yeah, and the... and the, like, really old, you know, yeah. Bentleys and stuff. That's cool. Is it, this the story just no. going down Manchester Road? <laughs> no. No. It's going to keep calling out businesses. Yeah. We didn't even get to H.W. Kia. They're supposed to Oh, that's right. Well, that's going the other way. What about Maplewood? It's going the other way. Yeah. Uh, Manchester, probably, you know, you got Limburg and you got Manchester. And if Rhodes fought, I bet they would fight it out in a cage match on mm. WWE Raw on Netflix <laughs> next year. And you have to get PayPal. I mean, pay uh, per yeah, view, too. Yeah, you don't have to pay per view. Yeah. Uh, okay, In-N-Out Burger, not as great. Go to Shake Shack. We have three or maybe four of them now. Do we have four? I'm thinking. Yeah, I now think we have there's four. Three, right? I was saying three. No, there's one there's... in Chesterfield now. Oh. oh, there is. In the Valley. Okay, then if that's okay. the case, we have four. Man, it's just popping up everywhere. Yeah. Is there one in St. Charles? Is Not there one yet. in Newtown? No, there needs to be, though. If he's listening, what's that guy's name? Uh, Denny Myers. Danny Myers. Danny Myers. Yeah, yeah, if he's listening right now, why would he be listening to us? But if he is, <laughs> bring one out to St. Charles. Put I think you should bring you in. Uh, chicken you, and pickle. You could operate I'll it. run oh. it. Yeah. I'll run it. And Anyway. The in story. A, the story. in and out Burger in Oakland. Is closing. The airport in and out in Oakland, California, has had a spike in burglaries, crime, oh, motor vehicle thefts, this, that, and the other. In and out says that they just don't feel comfortable with their employees or their customers coming to the location because they have had so many incidents. They're closing up the burger shop there. They say it's profitable and busy. But they just can't take the risks. It's the first time an In-N-Out has ever closed. Ever. They say that in their history, 75-year history, they have had several locations relocate Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. But this is the first time that they've ever just said, that's it. We're out. We're done. We're closing. Good luck, everybody. Somebody said they're building a Shake Shack in the East Terminal. Taking that Burger King spot. Is that right? Oh, I hope so. Why do you go to the I always airport go to, a lot? Well, and I always go to that Burger King. Okay. Actually, don't take the Burger King away. Get rid of that pretzel place. Oh. <laughs> Hold on. No, no, no. no. Pretzel place is good. Yeah. Connor, that, yeah, that are, would be cool. Are you finished with that story? Yes. The in and out seem to never end. I guess I just, why are they, like, they said they're profitable. Why do you close if you're making money? They just right? don't, they don't want to deal with the crime anymore. Okay. It's it's, it's something they we can live without. Okay. Mm. Uh, I also have a burger-related story. Well, my sister said it's true. They are building a Shake Shack. In right the there. airport? Yeah. So that would be five. And then the yeah. one in St. Charles would be six. Danny. Don't say that because somebody's going to tune in <laughs> Danny. and think that there's one coming. That's and then Josh they'll say, and Darren's on May- project. Yeah. Oh, we should build Shake the riches. No. Darren, oh. if you're listening, is he coming in tomorrow? I'll have to text him. Darren, if you're listening, we should build a riches famous burgers uh, on Main Street, St. Charles. Oh. Maybe Streets of St. Charles. Okay. Right? Okay. Uh, I have a bur- burger-related story as well. At a restaurant in Toronto, actually at a hotel restaurant. Uh, do you ever go to the one, like the restaurants in the Hiltons or in the hotels? I do. yeah. Like yeah. at a nice hotel, I think a hotel bar is 
the most fun. Because you get to meet people from all Everybody's over. Everybody's on vacation. Yeah, or working and they're interesting. But they're not at home. It's much more relaxed. I love a hotel bar. Uh, the restaurant that we order food at like a Hyatt or, a, you know, just not like something, not something really fancy, but just a normal hotel. Mm, like, not like, but- the, like the continental breakfast in the morning. Like, yeah, we do that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if it's yeah. free, you know, pop Well, down at a Hilton in Toronto, a man w- uh, went to uh, dinner at their restaurant in the, in the hotel and ordered a burger. He got it medium. After he had taken a bite out of the burger, they handed him a waiver that they wanted him to sign saying that it's okay that we served you a medium burger because their rules or regulations stated that they need to cook burgers well done. Well done. Well done. So there's a legal, they handed you a legal waiver to sign. I've seen that on other um, menus about burgers. Mm -hmm. And making sure that it is like really mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not necessarily well done, but it does like yeah. has something about the raw. I've hamburger. seen the warnings. You know, the, well, the FDA recommends it to be cooked to this much, but this was they handed him a sheet of paper and with, made him sign and, it and made him sign it to say that it's okay that we served you. Probably because it happened once and they got sued, and now attorneys yeah, are like making do Hilton that every wide, time. And he only got Hilton it medium. Thing. I mean, I would I wouldn't even eat a burger if I had to get it well done. I'd, eat, I, I'd get something else. I agree. I agree with you. And if it's a thick enough burger that they ask a temperature, we when we go to nice burger places, mm-hmm. we get medium, if not medium rare. And do oh, they say anything? Never. It like melts in your mouth. It's so good. Mm. Well, you know, you got to watch out. Maybe they'll make you sign I a waiver. I think the reason why I don't eat eat in the hotel restaurant is because when you're on vacation, you want to have, you know, Nice meals at famous restaurants. In well, the it depends on where you are and what you're right. there for, probably. Like even Oklahoma City probably has, you know, they're known for certain restaurants. You want to go out and experience the local. Yeah. But if you're traveling for business yeah. and you don't, you've been working all day, you just want something you and go to bed, something. then you go and sit down and grab it and go. Uh, the story mentions, Heidi, before, sorry to cut no. you off. Uh, the E. coli rate right now in the U.S. is 0.01%. But in the 90s, that number was 2%. Whoa. Were either of you aware of that when you were eating? Josh, apparently there was a huge jack-in-the-box breakout, and I know that was... Uh, in the 80s. In the 80s and 90s. That the, was one I, of your spots. Where you, I, did you get E. coli from jack-in-the-box? I feel like jack-in-the-box disappeared in a lot of locations during the, that time period. Well, I would say the one that was closest to our house, even, right on Gravoy. It's been there as long as I've been in Lafayette Square, and it's finally closed. That one's gone. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a shame. Because it was right there at the edge of Soulard. You'd think Mardi Gras alone wouldn't keep it yeah, open. Yeah, keep it alive. But um, did you read this story while I was gone? Because this seems like something right up your alley. A restaurant got a pretty amusing request and the delivery notes. I mean, we, at least we do Uber Eats or one of those. And the... You know, sometimes you can make a deliver like a, a note on it to say if you want something special when the driver's going to pick it up. Yes. And this one said, <laughs> please not quietly. I'm supposed to be on a diet. And so they said that, you know, it was definitely a cheat meal. 
I guess the restaurant or the Uber driver. Was it at the house? Went along with it. Yeah. This was in the United Kingdom, but it was like a nine inch Texas barbecue yeah, style pizza. Yeah. I think there Pretend was. Pretend you're an Amazon yeah. driver and not Uber Exactly. Eats. <laughs> I think it was like ice cream with some chocolate sauce and a Dr. Pepper, but the restaurant then posted a photo of the receipt and it said. You know, please make sure the driver honors this request because they don't want to betray the customer's trust. Ice cream with chocolate sauce. And what was the main course? Uh, Pizza. Pizza. I mean, boy, if you're going to cheat. But tell me this. And we are talking about the UK. Texas barbecue style pizza. You're the pizza expert. What does that consist of? Texas barbecue style pizza. Well, Connor is the one that is, is hounding me to ask Rick over at Dogtown. To make a barbecue chicken pizza. I'm surprised he has it. Maybe I'll text him. But may, he does have the hot chicken. He's got the hot chicken. So maybe that's the buffalo the, chicken. Yeah. yeah, so I would think so you know, that's right into the barbecue chicken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Actually, you know what? He's been asking me for six months to do this. And I just finally today, since Heidi said, you know what, Heidi, you're right. (laughs) Does that ever happen? You know, your spouse is telling you to do something. All the time. All and the then time. someone else tells you, and you're like, you know what? So and so said this would be a good idea. I've been telling you to do that for six months. Well, you you don't just nod along either. You you're like, oh, you're crazy. I don't. He doesn't need a barbecue chicken pizza. Yeah, but now that Heidi thinks, yeah, it's a but good now idea, that Heidi maybe. thinks it's a good idea. Gonna, hey, Heidi's been asking for this for six <laughs> months. <laughs> See if you can get a, a barbecue Dogtown chicken pizza. Uh, is it safe to eat snow? Did uh, you see it, the Reese Witherspoon? Is it yellow? Well, we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, Reese Witherspoon. And do you know who I am, Reese Witherspoon? Uh, let's, that, that's a long time ago. <laughs> Let, let's was, not throw that one out there. Wasn't that long ago. Um, yeah, it was. She's even started her uh, production company. It's been a minute. She wasn't on the morning show. She wasn't she's on. She's had that production company before she did that. Um, okay, so she went out into, made a TikTok video. She went out into the snow mm-hmm. and got two mugs full of snow and poured a cold brew, salted caramel flavored syrup, and uh, put a, a generous scoop of fresh snow on top of snow it. Snow ice cream. She was making snow ice cream. She got it, scraped it off. Uh, her covered barbecue grill. That's where she got it. From. Okay. And she said, you know, snow, snow ice cream, snow mm-hmm. cones, snow coffee, snow cream, snow cream. Uh, and then all of a sudden, because it is the internet, everyone started saying, oh my God, that's so disgusting. I can't believe you're eating snow. Who hasn't done that? Well, I'm, I'm with you, but the experts have weighed in. Oh, According to some experts, there are a few caveats for ensuring that you're eating the best possible snow. So if you're going to do this, this is how you do it. Make sure the snow is completely white in color. (laughs) Dingy gray snow off limits. Brown and muddy. Obviously yellow. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what you're thinking of. Eat snow that has been collected directly off. Do not, I should say, eat snow that has been directly off the ground. Yeah, you want it to be like the second layer of snow. They even go as far to say as eat the snow that falls later on in the snowstorm because they say snow is like a scrub brush. And as it falls through the atmosphere, it takes out some of the weird toxins that might be 
the smog and the whatever in the atmosphere. Snow will clean the atmosphere. And I guess technically after the snow is done snowing, you go outside, the top layer is that later snowfall. Well, and especially if it's still coming down. Yeah. So it's they, real fresh. Right. What they say is if you really want to do this, the best way of trying it is the whitest, fluffiest top layer of a fallen snow. Get a bowl and put it on your picnic table or your your patio table in your backyard. Collect the snow and try to keep it away from backyard critters or exposed to bird droppings. Oh. Wouldn't that be the worst, you know? A bird dropping in your punch bowl. With a decent snowfall, you'll be able to collect enough snow that is dirt-free, debris-free, bird dropping-free to attempt to make a snow coffee or whatever it is that Reese Witherspoon was making. My one problem is I watched her video Mm -hmm. and her follow-up video. What did she say? What was her response? Her follow-up video was, and I'm paraphrasing, but only a little bit because it's very important what she said. She goes, I'm sorry, but I'm from a generation where we used to drink out of the tap water. Yep. Or the water hose if you're outside. She goes, and if you can believe it, we used to drink from the hose. I got a problem with this because I still drink from the tap water. Mm -hmm. I felt like she was doing a very Hollywood, you know, when I was a kid, we used to drink straight from the tap, like, Nowadays, that's completely unthinkable. I think it was tongue-in-cheek. Like, come on, people. You're not that right above. I guess, what is the snow coffee? I, I guess I don't understand. It's, what is this? Like, what is she actually doing with this? She's taking cold brew. Yeah. Putting a bunch of snow in it okay. to make, a, like, a coffee Almost like a cone. shake or a... Yeah, like, we used to do it cone. and put, like, vanilla in it's, it. You'd put you'd like vanilla I mean, in the snow. Yeah, like vanilla in the snow and you'd have vanilla ice cream. Mm. It's a novelty. Okay. No one is actually doing this. And, and honestly, putting it I have never snow. done this. You've never eaten I've snow? I've never heard of the. I mean, like, sure, like plain. Yeah. Right? But not like doing stuff with fixing it. I've it never up heard of this. <laughs> with fixings? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Getting oh, the no. fixings with it? No. Well, we, otherwise, the it's tiger just blood. blah. You yeah. gotta... Really makes well, then it that's up. a snow cone. Yeah. If we're pulling out the snow cone juice, then yes, <laughs> yeah. I, I've heard of it. Ever done that, Connor? Yeah. Talking to different friends. It's amazing how many people have an RV, and we already made plans. All right, we're going to meet up here and do this. And if we all kind of agree that it's the great things about RVing, it's having your own place, your own coffee mugs, your own shower and toilet, and you just. Make your vacation wherever it is you want to be. There's so many places to see in this great country of ours. And, you know, we have a list. We need a little bit, uh, you know, longer to get away to like, go to Seattle. But that's on the list. Or drive out to Key West. And there's so many beautiful places. But I think that that's what Byerly RV knows that they're selling. It's not just this, you know home on wheels it's the experience that that home gets you to and byerly rv has so many fantastic options yes they have motorhomes that are beautiful but maybe you're not ready to take that step yet you want to do something a little bit smaller and they have you know small travel trailers that you can pull behind a small suv they've got travel vans they've got toy haulers which if you don't know what that is that's where you can like take some of your toys with you like the back pulls down and you could put the golf cart in if you want or maybe your bikes and 
could whatever it is. And then sometimes on the toil, they even have porches on these things. There's fifth wheels. There's gas and diesel motorhomes, and they also have a great selection of used inventory as well. I'll tell you what I'm most excited about is I am finally storing my RV in a place that will keep it in great condition because Byerly RV's new service and storage facility, it is fantastic. It's gorgeous, actually. It is Indoor, it's climate controlled, it's valet, it's secure, but most importantly, you're preserving the life of your investment by keeping it out of all of the elements. That ice storm, oh, I was so happy that the RV was inside. Plus, you can kind of eliminate the cost of much of your yearly maintenance. Like, if I'm keeping it inside, I can go ahead and dewinterize it and we can get out in March and go somewhere a little bit war- warmer. So, do yourself a favor. Just Dip a little toe in the water. Do a little uh, shopping online, ByerlyRV.com. And then once you see something, I promise you, you got to get out to Byerly in Eureka and just step inside because you are going to be amazed what they can fit into these things and how fancy it is. I'm telling you, I'm not usually camping. We are glamping. But if you'd rather rough it a little bit, Byerly RV has that too. ByerlyRV.com. Time to talk a little entertainment news, and I'm excited about this. I hope you guys are, too. Almost a decade after he exited The Daily Show, Jon Stewart is getting back behind that desk. You know, he hosted from 1999 to 2015. I couldn't. When they when he retired was, and they said he's been on since 99, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I, he just delivered the news in such an entertaining way, but you... You stopped watching it, like, you know, at the end of it or whatever. And you're like, but you really did learn something. It was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I never got on board with Trevor Noah. Uh -uh. And it's just a different style of delivery. And they Mm -hmm. still brought the news and everything. But I stopped watching. Well, and don't forget that, you know, Jon Stewart also was an executive producer. And so he was overseeing. And well, that's coming back. He's going to both anchor and executive produce the show only on Monday nights, though, will he be behind the desk. That starts on February 12th. His hosting stint will last through the upcoming presidential election in November. And he will, however, continue then to oversee the show through 2025. This is like proving that a show is only as good as the people running it. Mm-hmm. I mean, SNL, we've seen that before. It goes through... Uh, ebbs Dips, and flows. Ebbs and flows. Yep. The Tonight Show. I mean, they had that whole debacle, debacle. with Conan and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but John Stewart was winning Emmys every year for that show, well, and he left, and it just fell apart. It was just also a genre, and he did it so well. Those are shoes that you don't step into easily. But here's some great news. St. Louis native Sterling K. Brown was nominated for a Best Supporting Act. Uh, Oscar yesterday for his role in American Fiction, which oh, really? is a great movie. Yeah, Connor, was he in it quite a bit? Connor saw it. Yeah, I did too. I loved it. Oh, he he, is, he mm-hmm. is in it. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. It's. Uh, I thought it was a great movie. I thought it was really good. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Where did you and see he it? He was good in it. At the Alamo, which was fantastic. Yeah. And where did you see it, Connor? Uh, I guess they opened it up wider. I just saw it at an AMC in uh it was on Olive. There's two on Olive, though, oh, yeah. so I don't know which one it was. Should go to West Olive or Creve Corps? Creve Corps. Oh, there you go. 
Uh, he went on social media and said, today I got nominated for an Oscar, to God be the glory. Uh, it was like a six-minute long video. He detailed how he found out about it, seeing that he had like 126 congratulatory text messages on his phone. So that's pretty darn cool. He's a pretty decorated actor already. And have you ever seen him without a shirt on? He has a shirt off yeah. a lot in the movie, Jimmy. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, that was one of the things we were talking about. When did he get so ripped? Ripped and like, <laughs> but it's also like he's not, he's thick. He's not like scrawny. He is. He's big. Yeah. He might actually have his shirt off more I in the agree. movie than he has it on. That really? Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, you know, I've always said you've earned it. If you look like that, yeah, you have earned it. I think the thing about him is every character he plays is really different than the one he played previously. This is nothing like what he did in This Is Us. And then you have the uh, um, O.J. Simpson. I forget what. Chris Chris Darden. You you, kind of lose yourself when you're watching him. And that, I think, is the test. I almost forgot he played that. Right? It's a great movie. It's at Marcus and St. Charles, Josh. Somebody else says. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg is giving her two cents about this whole, you know, being snubbed, Margot Robbie, director Greta Gerwig being left out of the Oscars, which it is a little interesting since that's the whole premise of Barbie that, you know, women are running the show and then they don't get a nomination. But Whoopi went on the today, I mean, the, the view today, and she says, quite blank, you know, here's the deal everybody doesn't win, there are no snubs. And that's what you have to keep in mind. Not everybody gets a prize. And she said the movies that you love may not be loved by the people who are actually voting. And you got to think of the voting public. It's the peers. So the directors who are voting in that nomination, and you think about the movies that are in that, it's not a similar genre when it comes to that. I saw a very funny meme today, and it's a picture of, Ryan Gosling is Ken. And everybody, <laughs> diversity, equity, inclusion, it's a whole thing, DEI, everything. Uh, and they were saying, congratulations that in a movie dominated by women, that the minority male was the only one nominated. that got the I do think that that was the thing that kind of maybe struck the, you know. It's kind of, this movie isn't anything about Ken. I mean, I guess he he does sing a song and do a dance. Oh, there's a lot about Ken. Yeah. Have you seen it? No, not yet. Oh no, there's it's quite a bit about Ken. Yeah. But isn't he kind of not the villain, but he's not the villain. He's just he's trying. He's the one to, that learns the lesson. He's trying to know that he's enough. Oh, I gotta see this movie. <laughs> it's good. It is good. But I don't know. I just don't know if they deserved all these nominations. Well, it's I good, pr- but it's not. I don't know that I would have given Ryan Gosling a nomination. Yeah. Would you have given Greta Gerwig for I, the directing? Maybe. Yeah. I would have given her one. And I don't know that I would have given Margot Robbie one. Yeah. I probably would or have best given. best picture, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I don't know. If but I, I think for the thought process and to come up with this and the way she did it. I, I do think writing. That, Did she get anything for writing? Uh, I think there producer, might be a screenplay. Yeah. Uh, She's nomination. nominated. It's just mm-hmm. not in that director category. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, you hear about aspiring actresses dyeing their hair blonde or even red to get ahead. Not Sofia Vergara. She decided to go from her natural blonde. Did you know she was a natural blonde? 
how is that possible? Sofia Vergara? Yeah, Modern Family. Modern Family, Columbia. Mm-hmm. Well, she's a natural blonde. She's a natural blonde. She says, quote, the way that I looked, I was not the way that Hollywood really saw Latina women. They were expecting a more dark-haired woman. It was difficult because they were a little confused. This woman sounds like a Latin woman, but she's blonde. So she decided to dye her hair dark, and she said it changed her life. It was the risk that she took was worth it because that's what actually got her modern family, which lasted, of course, for 11 years. We wouldn't right. even be talking about her. I'm looking up childhood photos of Sofia Vergara. Mm-hmm. I don't even think you need to go back that I far. don't either. I think you um, can go to probably uh, 13 years ago. And I think maybe, even since then, she's been... Mm-hmm. She's maybe been, she's right. Well, I mean, since she's been famous, I don't trust anybody's hair color well, in Hollywood. No. But maybe she's right. Maybe she was blonde. Maybe I'm part of the problem so and on. just assuming... You don't think she was blonde and she's not telling the truth? Why would she say that? I just find... I am the problem here. Uh, and exactly what she said, we all just assume that Latina women have dark hair. Mm-hmm. This is true. Saturday Night Live is kicking off 2024 with a few uh, first-time hosts. After, of course, Kate McKenna made her debut as a guest host for the final Christmas-themed episode. Did you watch this past weekend? No, but with it's the recorded. Guy from yeah, it's recorded. SNL announced that that one is what Jacob yeah, he just yeah would host that first episode. Then Dakota Johnson. Will follow with Renee Rapp. Was that that's coming up this weekend? What is yeah this okay. weekend? Uh, what is Dakota Johnson in right now? I was trying to that think that promoting. same thing, but Renee Rapp is Mean Girls. She's a name that everybody is talking about, and I really didn't know anything about her. I mean, I guess she has a beautiful voice. She's going to be the I musical Ren- guest. Renee Rapp was on this past weekend. Okay, so J T is coming up then to serve as with musical Dakota guest. Johnson. Yeah. Okay. Justin Timberlake. All right, all right. For those who aren't familiar with the brevity. Yes. And then I'm excited about this, the Bear Star. Ao Dirabiri oh, is going to host. I had such a hard time. This is the uh the, the Bear. The Bear. There's mm-hmm. the girl chef who shows up. Yes. She used to run her own catering company. She's fantastic. And she just won the Emmy. For her role in the bear, and, and her speech was a little rambling, but I liked it. It was rambling. Uh, however, the best part of it is: Did you see the part where she turns to Carson Daly and tells him to hold her purse? No. Oh my <laughs> gosh! And then Carson Daly did, and he ended up taking a selfie with him and his par- her purse, which was really cute. And it, everybody was kind of talking like, if there's anybody that you are going to trust with your purse, it's, it's going to be Carson Daly. Anyway, she will host and. Jennifer Lopez will be the musical guest. Oh, why Oh, why wouldn't J-Lo host it? Host and do. Mm, but I think she has a new album coming out, which will be. J-Lo I, hosted a couple years ago, and it was great. It was good. It was. Yeah. Um, and I put this story in for you. Madonna and Live Nation are responding to that new lawsuit, followed by two concert goers. Has and, she apologized yet? No. Infuriated after they claimed that. She began her concerts in Brooklyn more than two hours late. Madonna. When did she show up in St. Louis at the show you went to? It wasn't two hours late. It was. I thought it was after midnight. Mm, not after midnight. For the one I went to. Here in St. She was late for sure, though. She's notoriously. Mm-hmm. But this is what they said. Madonna's just completed, sold out 2023 celebration tour in Europe, received rave reviews. And in this joint, the show's open in New 
North America at Barclays in Brooklyn as planned, with the exception of a technical issue. During a sound check, this caused a delay <laughs> that was right. well documented in press reports at the time. We intend to defend this case vigorously. Which I would love to see in a court of law a listing of every actual Madonna start time. Uh huh. It is kind of crazy, isn't it? And then um, the Chiefs Bills game over the weekend, the most watched NFL divisional playoff game in history. With- it was one of. Uh, one for the ages. Yeah, fifty point four million viewers, and the concert started, so I had to. Oh, you didn't bail. get to finish. Mm-mm. You know they always talk about in the eighties, uh, Magic versus Bird, Magic Johnson, yeah. Larry Bird, the Celtics versus the Lakers. This we're watching it right now. Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes. Yeah, you're this right. Is it. it is so cool, and just a couple of famous folks turning a year older. Mary Lou Retton is fifty six. Aaron Neville and Neil Diamond, both 83 today. And that. Oh, Neil Diamond. Yeah, is your uh, evening entertainment report here on the Big 550 KTRS. I don't know if you guys uh, remember, but I did a little commercial was that two years ago. For a Better Business Bureau? Mm hmm. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. It was on during CBS Sunday morning. Yeah, and then yeah. Jennifer's commercial was <laughs> yeah. on. It, better Business it's Bureau. Like, where's Wendy's commercial? Yeah. <laughs> I've always, like, if I'm going to check out a, a new business, I always kind of look for that Better Business stamp of approval, that A rating. And that's not the only thing. Like, if you are really running a business, if you're on the other side of things, I mean, the Better Business Bureau knows that running a business can be difficult. And if you're in the home improvements business, I mean, because how many times did you go through a contractor trying to get that? fireplace oh my done God. it took a year yeah so instead especially when it comes to home improvement uh better business bureau knows like and they can give you that stamp and then customers don't have to worry as much and they can you know making sure that everybody's happy in the end better business bureau is actually there to help you if you own a business and as a member you have access to a wide range of resources and support from marketing and networking opportunities and to even disputing resolution services it really is i mean if you're a bbb accredited business you have an advantage because at least for me and i think a lot of people agree it just gives you a peace of mind knowing that you're you know, working with someone who is committed to ethical and fair practices. So join the Better Business Bureau and take that first step towards a brighter, more successful future with your business. It's so easy. You can apply BBB.org. You can also call, by the way, 314-645-3300, BBB.org. It's the sign of a better business. Hello? Are going to do this? Well, we had a... Technical malfunction, right? Okay. When I, the music was back. <laughs> oh, is it, is it already time for randoms? Welcome back, Heidi. It's been so much fun. Let's wrap this show up with a couple randoms. Eric Estrada didn't have a motorcycle license when he was on chips. What? They probably just pulled him on, on the back trailer. of the trailer. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this show up with a couple randoms. Uh, and uh, John Elway didn't just play football. He pitched and played right field when he was at Stanford. The Yankees actually drafted him in the second round of the 1981 draft and were going to pay him 
$150,000 to play for the Yankees. Well. He decided, ultimately, mm-hmm. to play football, and we all know how that ended. Not too shabby. Well, that does it for us, but we are back starting at uh, 3 o'clock tomorrow. Actually, the fourth annual Radiothon to support Backstoppers starts immediately in the morning, so I hope you will uh, join us starting at 6 a.m. And until then, see if you can put a smile on somebody's face.